0: Hello and welcome to the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. This is episode number two. I'm Stacy Knowles, entertainment director and mobile DJ at SNDJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. And this uh, podcast is really designed to help brides and grooms who are planning a wedding reception and looking to hire a DJ and wondering you know, where to start and you know, we're going to help you out with a lot of information on these uh, various podcasts that we're doing. Now, if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to the first episode, I encourage you to do that because in that uh, episode, I talked about my experience, how I got started as a mobile DJ, how I started SNDJ Entertainment. We also talked about uh, some common myths about wedding DJs, what our responsibilities are when it comes to being a wedding DJ, and also uh, the process of, of hiring a wedding DJ. We gave you some good tips on that. So make sure you go back and check that out if you haven't already go back and check out episode one of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. Now, I want to mention, and I mentioned this in our uh, first episode as well, that uh, we are based in Pensacola, Florida. SNDJ Entertainment, of course, uh, serves the Gulf Coast and the southeastern region of the United States. However, that does not mean that if you're living in some other part of the country or around the world or something like that, that you're not going to get something from this podcast. This podcast is actually for everyone. It's not just designed for people who are in the Gulf Coast or even looking at getting married in Pensacola or along the Gulf Coast or anything like that. If you're planning a wedding reception anywhere in the world, you're gonna get something from this podcast. So we encourage you to really take in the information that we're gonna be talking about and we'll be helping you out with that. So our goal is to help you with the planning process and to help you, the bride and groom, have a much more memorable experience as well as a stress-free experience. As I tell all my brides and grooms whenever I meet with them, that I want the entire process to be fun and stress-free and that includes the planning. So, that's where it all starts. And speaking of planning, that's what we're going to talk about here in episode two of the SNDJ Wedding Reception Planning Podcast. We're going to go over the planning process that we normally go through at SNDJ Entertainment. And once again, other DJ and entertainment services in your area may do things slightly different, but this will give you an overall view of what you can expect when you hire a professional wedding DJ And as we discussed in our first episode, we talked about visiting a DJ's website, what to look for, and that you should contact them and schedule a consultation. We highly recommend that, whether it's an in-person consultation or even a virtual or video consultation if you'd like to do that. But when we schedule a consultation with a bride and groom, we usually meet at Starbucks or another coffee shop close to them. I always like to meet on their side of town so they don't have to drive as far. And yes, I have traveled to go meet with brides and grooms. I've traveled as far as Panama City, which is 100 miles from here. And I'll do that you know, if, if it's really uh, convenient for the bride and groom. I don't mind doing that at all, and I've done that for years. And if it's a virtual a, a consultation, we usually schedule a Zoom meeting to go over everything. Either way, a consultation that's usually the, the first step. And let me first tell you what we don't do when we meet with a bride and groom. The consultation is not a high profile sales pitch session where we try to get our brides and grooms to book the most expensive package we have. In fact, uh, we don't even start out talking about the packages we offer. I want to get to know the bride and groom first. And so we find out some details and then recommend a wedding package based on what's best for them. So we usually spend some time talking about those things first. When we start out, the first thing I usually do is I ask the bride and groom how they met, how he proposed, and I love to hear these stories. And this gives me a chance to get to know the bride and groom and their backstory. And yes, I've heard some really interesting engagement stories, such as couples getting engaged at Disney World on the beach. And I even had one couple tell me that he proposed on a hot air balloon. And we spend some time talking about that so I can get a chance to know them a little bit. And they can also get to know me a little bit as well. We will then talk about what they envision for their wedding day, and a lot of times I have brides and grooms who actually have no idea what they want, and that's okay. I have others who know exactly what they want, and then everything in between, so we spend some time talking about what they envision. We then go over a sample wedding reception outline. Now that's a sample sequence of events that probably 95% of our brides like because it flows nicely from one event to the other. And basically, we talk about their reception events, such as the wedding party introductions, spotlight dances, cake cutting, bouquet throw, garden toss, and other events. I pretty much walk them through in detail a typical wedding reception. I also stress to them the outline is merely a suggestion. We can always add things in, take things out, and change the order based on what the bride and groom wish to do. We want to customize their reception for them, and no two wedding receptions are ever exactly the same. Their reception will not be like the one their friend had. It won't be a typical cookie-cutter reception that everybody follows or anything like that. We're going to customize it to fit their needs and what they want to do. And like I said, a lot of times, brides and grooms don't know what they want in the very beginning, and that's okay. We're going to help them plan everything out as we go along. A lot of times, we will have brides and grooms who want to either change things around, add things in, or omit certain things. Example, I had a bride one time tell me that when her parents got married 30 years ago, or however long it was, they never had a first dance because they got married at the courthouse. Well, she asked me if we could do a surprise first dance for her parents, so we did. After the bride and groom had their first dance, I got on the microphone and I called the bride's parents out and told them this was their, their first dance after however many years they had been married. It was a very emotional and powerful moment. And the bride's mom was wiping tears off her eyes as she danced with her husband. And it was a very sweet and emotional moment for everyone who was there. And I'm sure everybody who was there will never forget that. I've also had brides tell me that they don't have a lot of single friends. And they would uh, prefer if we just maybe omit the bouquet or garter toss. And we've done that before. And then then I've had brides and grooms who tell me they want to do something special for the introductions. One time I hosted a wedding reception at the Pensacola Naval Air Station's Officers Club, and uh, they have a big ballroom with a stage. Well, I was set up on the stage And when the bride and groom did their grand interest, they wanted me to play Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, start up a fog machine with lights, and they wanted to come out like rock stars. It was a a pretty interesting moment. It worked out really well for them, and uh, they even asked me before we did that if that was something that was common, and my reply was, well, it's not something that I normally do all the time, but if it fits your personality and it's something you feel your guests will remember, then by all means, let's do it. And we did, and it was a very memorable moment and that was a really fun time for them as well. And that was another memorable moment. So when we go through the outline, I do have brides and grooms that uh, will ask about adding in ideas because they start to envision their reception and that is great, that's what we wanna see. We want to customize the reception to fit their needs. And again, they may not know all this stuff at the very beginning in the consultation, and that's okay. We just go over the the sample sequence of events and then later on we will customize it the way that they want it. But it does start them thinking about what they wanna do for their reception. After we go over the outline, then we discuss our wedding packages. As of 2022, we have four wedding packages at SNDJ Entertainment. By now, the couple has already received a wedding packet, so they've had a chance to see details of our packages, but we do go over them and discuss which package we feel would be best for them, and that's what we want to do. As I said before, I don't try to get my potential clients to book the most expensive package if that's not the best option for them. Example. Let's say I have a bride and groom who are planning a wedding reception, and it's going to be in the afternoon, say, between the hours of 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. And let's say it's in June, and the venue has many windows that lets the sunlight in. Well, the sun's going to be coming in for most of their receptions, so for them, I would not recommend a package with decorative uplighting or the custom monogram because the lights wouldn't show up well, and you probably would not be able to see the monogram. It doesn't even get dark until 8 p.m. here in Florida during the month of June, so that would not really be a package that I would recommend for them if it's going to be daylight the entire time the reception was going on. However, let's say they are having their reception at the same venue, but it's in the fall, like, say, maybe November. It's now from 6 p.m. to midnight. Then I would recommend them getting a package with decorative uplighting and the monogram because it would be dark and it would show up very nicely. That is, of course, if they wanted the uplighting and the monogram. There have also been times when I've taught brides into downgrading their package they were interested in because, well, I didn't feel like it was really the best option for them. An example of that is one time I did a wedding where the bride and groom wanted the uplighting and monogram, but their wedding was going to be in the late afternoon, early evening in the summer. And I believe it was supposed to start around four and end at eight o'clock. Well, it would just be getting dark by the end of their reception. So I advised them it would probably be best if they just chose a package that did not include the uplighting and monogram because it would only show up for a few minutes. Well, the bride and groom agreed and they thanked me for actually being honest with them and recommending that instead of letting them book that package with the uplighting and the monogram, which would have been more expensive. And of course, if I had let them book that package, that would have meant more money for me, but it would not have been the best option for the bride and groom. And as I've said before, I wanna make sure that I do what's best for our bride and groom, what's best for their reception. So we talk about the packages and then we go over the options. Ultimately, it's their decision on what they want to do. We then talk about the contract and I give them a copy of the contract. At this point, I tell them they can feel free to take the contract with them, read it over, think about everything we talked about, then get back with me in a few days. Sometimes I have brides and grooms who are excited and ready to read the contract, then book, sign the contract and then pay their retainer fee right there. Other times I've had brides and grooms that wanna take a couple of days to take the contract with them, look it over. Either way is fine with me. Again, I want them to do what they feel comfortable so we make it easy for them. That's what it's all about. Like I said, we want to make the entire process stress free. But now once they decide that they want to book, whether it's on the spot or if they book a few days later, they'll return the signed contract along with their retainer fee. Now their retainer fee is one third of their total balance and the rest of the balance will be due one week before their wedding. And, like I said, uh, you know, some other wedding professionals or maybe some DJs in your area uh, might say that they want 50% down or something like that. And then you know, they may require you to pay the uh, final balance 30 days in advance. But that's just what we do at SNDJ Entertainment. We require one third up front when they sign the contract, and then the rest of the balance would be due no later than one week before their wedding and I'll then send them our reception planning guide, which includes a lot of tips, suggestions, the order of events that we went over, and other information. And I've had a lot of brides and grooms tell me that just this wedding planning guide alone has really helped them out in their planning process and really saved them a lot of stress. They were so glad that they had that to be able to go over. And we will also then send them the wedding reception information form, which can be filled out online. And that's the form that we will use to put their organized planner together. We also have another form for the ceremony if we are providing services for their ceremony where they can list their ceremony music and everything they'd like for that. Well, at this point the planning process officially begins. I tell my brides and grooms they can call me or text me anytime if they have any questions. In fact, I tell them I want this whole process to be fun including the planning like we talked about before. I always tell them if at any time filling out the form starts to feel like homework or if they start to feel like they're studying to take the state bar instead of planning a wedding reception, then call me and we'll schedule a consultation so I can help them out. So now we fast forward about a month to two weeks before their wedding day. It's time for the bride and groom to return their completed forms. Sometimes we meet for them to give them to me, other times they will just email them to me. Whatever works out best for them is fine with me. Once I get the completed forms, then I go to work on typing everything up on an organized planner with sequence of events based on what the bride and groom indicated on the forms and what we talked about during our consultations. Once I have completed the planner, I then send it to the bride and groom for them to look over. I want them to look it over and make sure everything is how they want it. Usually they will either let me know of any changes that they would like to make or they'll either give me their final approval that everything is how they like it. But once I get their final approval, I then send their planner out to their other vendors such as their photographer, caters, and anyone else that they would like for me to send it to. They will usually get a copy of it so that they know what we're going to do and the order. So in other words, all the vendors get the exact same planner that I get so they know exactly what I'm looking at as well, so we're all on the same page. Well, in the weeks and days leading up to the wedding, I will also be making sure that I have all the music they requested on the forms. I have three computers, so I make sure that the music is on all three computers. Okay, I only need one computer, two at the most, but I'm one who, th- who likes to make sure that I am overly prepared. I've always noticed that in anything, is that, you know, you, you really can't be overly prepared when it comes to something like this, especially a once-in-a-lifetime event, such as a wedding. I have a main computer, a backup computer, and a computer I use for ceremonies only. And it can also be used as a backup if one of the other two computers goes out. I go over the planner several times in the days leading to the wedding and double check and triple check everything to make sure I have all the music. Okay, now fast forward to wedding day. It's the big day, it's here. On the morning of the wedding, which is usually on a Saturday, I'm usually up early that morning. I fix some coffee and then I go into my office where I once again check to make sure all the music the bride and groom want is in all three computers. I will have already loaded the DJ equipment in my van by this point, so I get a shower and then get ready to leave. Usually on my way to the wedding venue, I'll stop through a drive-thru and maybe get some lunch to eat on the way. Now, I like to arrive at the venue anywhere from two to three hours before the start time, and that depends on a lot of things. If I'm providing sound and music for the ceremony, I need to make sure that I've got time to set up the ceremony sound system. If the bride and groom have chosen a package with decorative uplighting and the custom monogram, I have to make sure that I allow enough time for that as well. Once I'm completely set up and sound checks are performed, I then go into a room at the venue and change out of my roadie clothes and into my suit or whatever attire I will be wearing for the wedding. My goal is to have background music started at least 30 to 45 minutes before the first guest walks in. If we're doing music for the ceremony, then it's 30 minutes before the start of the ceremony. If it's just the reception, it's 30 minutes before the first guest should arrive. If I'm doing music for the ceremony, I will break down the smaller sound system right after the ceremony is complete and pack it up. That system usually takes about 10 minutes to break down and pack up. I then move to the reception area where background music will already be playing. I welcome the guest, I introduce myself, and then the reception gets started. Now during the reception, I will serve as the reception entertainment director by making sure everything flows and everything runs smoothly. For example, when the bride, groom, and the wedding party have finished their photos, I will meet with them personally and privately. I'll make sure that they're lined up for the wedding party introductions and give them instructions on what to do once they are announced. Throughout the reception, we will follow the order on the planner that I put together with the bride and groom. And before I announce any major event, I will personally check with the bride and groom and their other vendors to make sure that they are ready. As we uh, talked about in our last podcast, my number one rule is I don't announce any major events until I have personally verified that the bride, groom, and the other vendors are ready. And once we get all the formalities completed, then we move on into the open dancing. And this is the point where guests can come and make requests. I will also play the songs a bride and groom indicated they want to played on the information form as well as take requests from their guests for the remainder of the evening. Now at this point, once the reception ends uh, a few hours later and we do the bride and groom send off, I usually go and change out of my suit or whatever attire I'm wearing for the wedding and change back into my roadie clothes. I then break everything down starting with the lights. For me personally, I've noticed that, you know, I really don't like to break down in complete silence, so I'll leave the music playing at a reduced level while the waitstaff or the bride and groom's friends and family or whoever's cleaning up, you know, can enjoy some music while we're cleaning up. And yes, I have had waitstaff members request songs during this time, and well, I don't mind playing their requests while we're breaking down while I've still got the music playing. And once I get the lights broken down, then I power down the sound system, break it down, pack it up, load it out, and go home, and the whole process usually takes anywhere between an hour to 90 minutes to a breakdown and loadout. And of course that could depend on the venue and what kind of loadout I've got, but usually between 60 and 90 minutes is a good average. Now the next morning, I'm usually in my office working and editing and putting together their v- wedding video gig log that I recorded at the wedding the night before. So that just gives you an overview of the wedding planning process from start to finish. I know it sounds like a lot, but it really is a simple process when it comes to putting the reception together. And in our next podcast episode, we're actually going to go over the same reception outline that I go over with my brides and grooms at the consultation. We'll also talk about why you don't want to set up a time schedule for your reception, and we'll discuss how much you can expect to pay for a professional wedding DJ. Once again, my name is Stacy Knowles, Entertainment Director and Mobile DJ at DJ Entertainment in Pensacola, Florida. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me directly at 850-501-1590, or you can always email me at weddings at sndjpensacola.com. That's weddings at sndjpensacola.com. And if you'd like to see some wedding videos, be sure to visit our YouTube channel. You can just go to YouTube and do a search for Stacy Knowles DJ. My name is spelled S-T-A-C-E-Y. N O L E S D J, and you'll see my channel. Thank you once again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the SN DJ Wedding Reception Podcast.